Welcome into the Deep Slant Podcast presented by Xfinity. Count on a powerful and secure Wi-Fi connection for all your devices. Xfinity XFi, can your internet do that? Welcome in, it's week 12. We're gonna go behind enemy sidelines and talk Miami Dolphins with Marcel-Louis Jacques. He covers the Dolphins for ESPN's NFL Nation. But first, Xfinity delivers the fastest internet in Houston, stream Texans games on a powerful and secure Wi-Fi network and count on a reliable connection for all your devices. Xfinity XFi, can your internet do that? All right, well, there's really no great way to introduce this next team other than to say they're on a tear because with Tua Tungavailoa, uh, this Miami Dolphins team leads the NFL in passing yards. They're second in passing touchdowns with 21. Tungavailoa ranks first among starting quarterbacks in yards per attempt and passer rating. And over the last three games, Tunga Bailoa is on a tear. He's thrown three touchdowns and has registered a 135-plus passer rating. That's in each of his last three games. And the Miami offense has averaged 35 points per game. The Dolphins have also traded for a couple players in Jeff Wilson and Bradley Chubb to beef up their run game and their defense, respectively. So what can this Texans team expect from the Dolphins? I had a chance to catch up with Marcel Louis Jacques and find out more about the Dolphins for this week's matchup. He covers the Miami Dolphins for ESPN NFL Nation. I've spoken with Marcel in the past. Marcel, welcome in. And uh, what a season the Dolphins are having. I think this time last year, Dolphins were four and seven. Now here they are at seven and three. Yeah, I, what a change from a year ago when all the conversation was between the Dolphins and Texans was about a potential trade. But uh Tua Tungavailoa, they stuck with him, and they're reaping the benefits from it. Now, he's been one of, if not the most efficient passer in the NFL. Uh, Tyreek Hill has been the best wide receiver in the NFL. Mike McDaniel, going to be a finalist for Coach of the Year at this rate as well. Just a complete 180 as far as the Dolphins' fortunes have come over the past year. All right, tell me a little bit about Mike McDaniel. I mean, as a first-year head coach, what can you tell us about him and really what's been the catalyst behind him turning things around so quickly for the Dolphins? Well, I mean, the first thing that people are going to say when when uh, they try to describe Mike McDaniel, the people who work with him, is that he's he's a genius. They say super genius, uh, brilliant play designer and play caller, really understands the game. And that resonates in the locker room, that resonates with people and players. But He's also a people person. He knows how to connect to his, his players. He's not a raw, raw, in-your-face, hard-nosed kind of guy, and that's not really his style. He's honestly optimistic to a fault, if you ask, uh, if you ask Tongo Bailoa. But that kind of approach has really built trust in this locker room. And through adversity, I asked Tua, hey, like, when was the moment where you knew what kind of person Mike was? He said, after we were on a – you know, when we lost our first game, he was the same person in the locker room, same optimism, same positivity, same uplifting style. When they lost two in a row, he was the same guy. When they lost three in a row, he was the same guy. And that kind of character trait goes a long way in the locker room to the point where they know they trust him through adversity. They trust him moving forward and they will play for him. So he is uh, he's been as advertised, I would say through his first, I, I guess we're at eight months, nine months with the team. All right. As far as Tua Tungavailoa, I mean, you talk about 180s. I mean, he's 
done no less than that. I mean, this time last year, there were, like you mentioned, the trade rumors. Uh, he dealt with a concussion earlier this year, which was really scary. But overall, it's completing 71% of his passes, 18 touchdowns, three interceptions. What's impressed you most about Tua and his ability to handle adversity? It's just the hyper-efficiency with which he distributes the ball. Uh, he's a guy who it felt like was kind of reacting to defenses last year and the year before, but this newfound confidence with a supportive coaching staff, with a system that obviously works and that he believes in, we're seeing a guy who is now dictating the flow of the game when he's under center. He is asking, he's telling defenses, you adjust to me, you're playing against me, not the other way around. And, and that kind of confidence is why you're seeing the hyper-efficient numbers. You're seeing him set career highs already in passing touchdowns. Uh, he's on, obviously on pace for new career highs and completion percentage and uh, and passing yards. But even the the high analytics, like, you know, added expected points added per drop back, he's top in the league despite missing, you know, the better part of, of three games. He's just been, you know, if you're a Dolphins fan watching him play, it's gotten to a point where when they take the field, you kind of expect them to score. When they go down by two scores, you don't get that same, well, I guess let me start to plan out the rest of my Sunday feeling that you did in years past. You genuinely get the feeling that a game is never over as long as he's healthy and, and playing in the game. He's got a phenomenal duo in Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, who went to high school not too far from here. Uh, they're putting up such tremendous numbers, combining for over 2,000 receiving yards. How do those two really play off each other? It seems like he's doing a, a really good job of distributing the ball well between the two of them. Yeah, you're going to see a lot of motion. You're going to see a lot of movement before the snap. And what that's meant to do is it's meant to get defenses just a little bit, just a little bit uncomfortable and, and try to extract the slightest bit of hesitation from them because Hill and Waddle are so fast that even a little bit of hesitation, even a little uncertainty with what your assignment is or where you're supposed to be, who you're supposed to guard could be the difference between maybe a five yard completion or even an incompletion and a 45 yard catch. And uh, you know, they're not, they're, I, I guess, free of egos here, which seems ironic considering how loud of a presence, how large of a presence and personality that Tyree kill is. But he's truly coming to the locker room as the highest paid player on the team and led by example to the point where, I mean, he took the ping pong table out of the locker room uh, after they lost, I believe, a game or two in a row. And while everybody loved that ping pong table, they knew, OK, if this guy is telling us it, it, it's time to it's time to refocus, it's time to to sharpen our effort. They knew he was going to go out and lead by example. He was going to go out and be the first one on the field, last one off. He was going to put in the overtime, you know, after after games, before games, after practice, that he's somebody they can look at and know, all right, he's never going to tell us something that he's not also willing to do. So I think that has trickled down to, to Jalen Waddle, still a young and impressionable receiver. And it could have been tough for him. You know, he was the clear cut number one option for this team entering uh, entering the offseason uh, after setting an NFL rookie record for receptions in a season. But uh, and, and you heard Mike McDaniel was so excited about what he's going to be able to do with him before the Tyree Hill trade. You know, he could have pouted and he could have rolled his eyes and said, wow, like there goes my spotlight. But he's truly embraced it as well to the point where this isn't a number one and number two. This is a I mean, it's one A and one B. And 
they're kind of interchangeable for who gets which letter. I mean, in addition to the passing game, Levy Smith said the one thing that really stood out to him about this offense was the commitment to the run. How has McDaniel used those backs in tandem with the passing game? It's big. Uh, ever since trading for for Jeff Wilson, it's kind of reinvigorated this kind of stagnant uh, rushing offense over the first eight weeks of the season. But, uh, you know, in, in week nine and ten, you have seen physicality. You've seen energetic running. You've seen two guys in Mostert and Wilson who really can play off of each other. And it, it just seemed to kind of, like I said, reignite, reinvigorate this team on either side of the ball, honestly, because this is another reunion between uh, former 49ers with Mostert, Wilson, and, and McDaniel. And I, I even asked Mike, look, it was, is it the physicality of Jeff Wilson? Is that what this team was missing? He's like, no, it, it just can't be explained that – he said before Jeff got there, he was saying, I, I don't know how to describe it, guys. Just wait, just wait, and you'll see. And we've seen it. Uh, Kristen Wilkins, their defensive tackle, said, I don't know who makes him so mad before a game, but that guy just runs angry. And every time he lowers a shoulder into somebody and he drags on for an extra two, three, four yards, that it just ignites the entire sideline. And that kind of energy translates even when Wilson's not on the field. So uh, it, it, it's been. Between that and, you know, they're hopefully um, they're, they're hopefully resurgent defensive play. Uh, we saw a real turning point for Miami for the better over the past couple of weeks. Yeah, I was going to ask about that Bradley Chubb because Denver traded the pass rusher to the Dolphins earlier this month. What sort of impact has he made on the defense so far? Well, it, it's only been a couple of games and his first against Chicago. I mean, came with only a couple of days of practice. Uh, statistically wasn't too big of an impact, but you could see the seeds starting to form, starting to sprout. You could see the foundation and the reason why they traded for him. And, and last week he was just so disruptive or two weeks ago, so disruptive against the Cleveland Browns. And what it allows him, the Dolphins to do is overload a D or overload an offensive line, especially when they put Chubb, Jalen Phillips and Melvin Ingram on the field at the same time with Christian Wilkins. That is four guys who are all adept at rushing the passer. And again, when I asked Bradley, hey, what do you see from opposing O-lines when all of you guys are on the field at the same time? He said a lot of confusion and chaos. O-line saying, okay, he's here, guys. He's here. Grab him. Watch for this. Watch for that. And it's all part of that, you know, dictating the, the flow of a game and making somebody uncomfortable, making somebody hesitate. Because again, like a defense, if this offensive line hesitates for just a second on where they're supposed to be or who they're supposed to block, then one of those four guys is going to get home. And, and we saw the sprouts of that against the Browns really saw it actually started, saw it start to blossom against the Browns and they're hoping to keep it going against, you know, what's been kind of a struggling Houston Texans offensive line. Well, the Dolphins, it seems like whatever weaknesses they've had, they've sort of addressed them over the course of the season or through trades, but coming out of the bye now, what are some of the biggest areas of improvement for Miami here through the final seven games of the season? Uh, well, the defense, they, they need to they need to make sure that this trend we saw against the Browns is an actual trend and not just an outlier uh, because they were not one of the more efficient teams in terms of getting to the quarterback through the first nine weeks of the season. Their passing defense, the secondary has been decimated, sure, but uh, the passing defense has also given up you know, one of the highest completion percentages to opposing quarterbacks in the league. It's when you look at areas they need to improve, it's mainly in, in those areas. Getting home 
and defending against the pass. They've been stout against the run. Uh, you know, did a very good job against Nick Chubb. When they've been gashed, it's usually been when a guy like Lamar Jackson or Justin Fields comes in, uh, comes onto the field. And uh, there's a lot of people who are struggling to defend those two uh, when they decide to take off and run. But that I think it's scary for the rest of the league if the Dolphins can kind of recapture their defensive performance from a season ago, because that was the idea entering the league, entering 2022 was, wow, we just supercharged this offense. If last year's defense, which led the NFL in expected points at it, if that defense shows up, then this is a Super Bowl contending team. I, I think it's a team that can beat Buffalo. I think it's a team that can hang in there and maybe even beat Kansas City, especially if they're playing them at home in the playoffs. It, it's really a, you know, you like to be cautious. You like to be reasonable when, when it comes to lofty expectations. But if that defense clicks, I think we've seen what this offense is and what it can be already. This would be one of the best teams in the NFL, if not number one. All right. Great insight from Marcel Louis-Jacques. You can catch him on ESPN NFL Nation covering the Miami Dolphins. Marcel, appreciate the time. Of course. Thanks for having me. Great stuff and great insight from Marcel Louis-Jacques. Looking forward to the matchup on Sunday. The Texans will be at Hard Rock Stadium with a noon kickoff, and that'll be on CBS and Sports Radio 610. You can catch our pregame show, Texans Unlimited Live, presented by Verizon. Just download the Houston Texans mobile app. It will be available everywhere as well as on YouTube. I'll have Cecil Shorts. We'll be breaking down the matchup and we'll be bringing you the latest as far as any lineup changes. And that'll be on Sunday, about an hour before kick, 11 a.m. And Texans will be back at home after that against the Cleveland Browns. You can get tickets for that matchup, HoustonTexans.com slash tickets. So looking forward to seeing you. Thanks for listening. As always, go Texans.